if it's places that aren't in your zone of genius, mm-hmm. right? Like if you're not good in an, a specific area of your life, like the admin work, it doesn't make sense to spend all of your life doing admin work or right. taking a course on how to get better at doing your admin work, right? It's okay to outsource, right? It's okay to free up your time. And so I think like those two things, because I never had a strong work ethic growing up. I think as I've gotten older, like I developed a strong work ethic because I found things that I'm actually passionate about and that I can see like, oh, if I do this, it'll have this type of impact in my life. Now I have a stronger work ethic than ever, right? So I'm much more like, hey, let me take the time to put all my work into areas that I have some strengths in and uh, and not give a fuck about the shit that I'm not good at. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Zach and Pat Show. I'm Zach. I'm Pat. And we have a special guest with us today. We're really excited to bring him on. But before uh, we introduce him, I want to go over some housekeeping. Um, Just wanted to let everybody know we will be posting two episodes a week. Um, Mondays and Thursdays will be the days that the episodes come out. Episodes on Monday will just be with Pat and I. And Thursdays, the episode with our our weekly guest will, uh, will come out. Um, just wanted to let everybody know. And then um, also, if you guys have been uh, watching the show, enjoying the show, uh, please tell a friend. Uh, that's how the show grows and it's how we we grow our audience. So, um, yeah, I'd appreciate that. So now uh, I'd love to introduce our guest. He is a full-time real estate investor, a sand volley- volleyball stud, a personal development junkie, the great and powerful Matt Cresco. Welcome, sir. That's a sick intro. <laughs> I'll try to live up to that. Appreciate you guys having me. Yeah, for sure, Absolutely. man. We're happy happy to have you here. So um, for those of you that don't know, Matt's, or I just said, Matt's a full-time real estate investor. So that's how Pat and I know uh, know Matt. We, we've gotten to know him over the last couple of years and we have run, run in kind of the same circles. So um, we thought he'd be a great person for us to have on and um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think we met, what, about a year ago? Yeah, I was going to say, so my job is like full-time networking. I mean, right. just like you guys in yeah. your world, it's like there's three ways to to do whatever it is that you're doing and, and get clients. And you can go the direct sales route. You can cold call, you can door knock, you could do marketing or you could do networking. I prefer the networking and that's how I met both of you guys. Sure. So yeah. Paula right. introduced us. Right. And then did Zach introduce? Zach connected us. Was that what it is? I don't know. Maybe. I yeah. don't remember. We uh, went. Possibly. We met at Breadco. Yeah, yeah. We we were in, we were sending messages on on Instagram or something. We yep. connected through Instagram based on I think it was something that Zach posted about the two of us. Yep, might have been one of those funny skit videos. Yeah. I think it might have been the uh, office one. We the did. office one. Yeah, yeah. everybody loved <laughs> that. Uh, might have been it for sure. But yeah, yeah. Um, I think we connected through that, and then we we met up for uh, coffee and, and just connected that way and kind of just stayed in touch. I mean, we've all stayed in touch. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I, I've learned a lot just based on how you like the way you follow up and the way you stay connected to people. I mean, I, I've, I've used those tactics and just, just a quick message, like, and just repetitive with it. Just, it's, I've seen the videos that you've posted yeah, and just conversations that you and I have had in the past, um, where, you know, it's just, you know, we touch base with it with Connor too, is just those connections. It's all about connections. It is. It is. Um, and that's that's this world, especially in St. Louis, you know, in, in this market where you're living in a big town or small city, however you want to look at it. Right. Um, you can develop a reputation really quickly oh, in absolutely. either direction. For sure. hundred oh, yeah. percent. Yeah. And it's just like five. What is it? Five degrees of Kevin Bacon. Like what 
and go in any direction in, in the celebrity world and you're connected to somebody. Oh, yeah. Somebody did a movie with that It's like that here in St. Louis too. Like, yeah. I feel like we could all stretch out our networks and we're mo- we're connected in so many different ways other we, than just. Well, shit. I mean, we here. just, we just found out Matt and I went to the same high school. We didn't even know that. Right. Yeah. We, we recently, you and I have known each other for years and we just found out that we went to the same college. So right. yeah. just like, what the fuck? Well, it's interesting. You say like, there's only so many degrees of separation and I believe that, right? Yeah. With the Kevin Bacon thing is five yeah, or whatever five it is. is. Kevin Bacon. And, uh, in St. Louis, I think it's one. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's actually something that I use when I, uh, develop relationships with agents. Cause that's my bread and butter, mm-hmm. um, is working with agents who have distressed houses mm-hmm. that want to sell and as is condition for cash offers. I'll look them up on Facebook and I would say, I don't have the actual stats, but I would say like 49 out of 50 times we have a mutual connection. connection. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, and, yeah. and it even increases in world of real estate because all the agents are connected with each other and that's where they do all their marketing. So I'll go there to take an extra step further and get a touch. So I'll call them, I'll text them, I'll have the conversation and then I'll send them a Facebook friend request to put a face to the name as just like another added right. bit of touch. For sure. And I always feel like whenever I add someone on social media, it helps me like with retention it like puts a face with a name i can always remember someone a lot better once i once i'm friends with them on social media oh, abs- <laughs> abs- absolutely i mean that it's it's it is it's it's i mean as much as we can say about social media and the things that we don't like about it but it is a great networking tool if used correctly you know and <clears throat> for me i mean that's the thing is like if there's an agent that i'm interested in meeting then i'm going to go follow them on social media and then i'm going to engage with them through social media on that to at least kind of develop that rapport, at least the name recognition. So when I call, it's not so much a cold call as it is, you know, Hey, okay. Yeah. This guy, I've been chatting with him here on, on social media and it's worked well. Um, it's warmer. Yeah, yeah it is. Sure. Absolutely. It's a hundred percent warmer. Yeah. Oh. If they see your face. They know you're a real person. Yeah. Especially in a world where automation and I trust me, I use automation, but where automation is so prevalent, mm-hmm. like having a face to the name and then, a step further, knowing that you have mutual friends in this space makes them, uh, builds better rapport. Mm-hmm. Right. And makes them less likely to tell you to fuck off. Right. Right. They're like, Oh, they know oh, Joe. Yeah, like, yeah, okay. Like, I'm not going to be a complete wanna... fucking asshole. Too, right. Right. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to, I'm going to tell Joe yeah. that I'm an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, social media, it's, I mean, I'd like to think of it like a tool, you know I mean? It's a, you know, if you, uh, <laughs> but I like to think of social media as a tool, but, just like if it's a hammer, you can use it to build a house or you can use it as a murder weapon. So, right. I mean, you, you can be positive or negative to whichever way you look at it. All yeah. kinds of room for activities. Right. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. It's neutral. hundred percent. It's yeah. neutral. It's just like money. Right. You know, too. For sure. You can use money for good. You can use money for bad. Oh, right. absolutely. And, uh, and, and, you know, you're not always going to connect every single person too. like, there's going to be times where it, it, you just don't vibe and you have to be okay with recognizing that. But I mean, Everybody I know knows you, and that's just, I guess, the, the energy that you give off and the personality that you have. I've yet to hear anyone say, oh, God, Matt Cresco. Like, everyone, every time I'm like, when I talk to somebody and they say they know Matt, like, oh, my God, yeah, you know Matt, too. Like, they're, it's, 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 I'm glad that we have, we're bringing good people onto the show and people that are, are positively impacting the community. You know, that's what we want to spotlight here with this show, and, and you've, I mean, from what, because like I said, you just started in this a year ago yeah. and the amount of connections and the amount of people that, you know, hell, I mean, you might have more connections and know more people in this business than I have. And I've been doing it for 10 years. It just goes to your, goes to show your work ethic and, and, 
you know, your tenacity to continue to grow and get better. Well, I also metriced myself when I started out because um, I figured if I was going to do this from a networking perspective, I was going to go all in. And so, like, I created scorecards around how many people that I would need to talk to or how many people I would ideally meet. And it's a chemistry formula, right? Like, you guys all know mm-hmm. you cannot fucking meet every single person that you have a conversation with, mm-hmm. although right. I tried. I, yeah. I literally <laughs> tried to meet everybody. I remember in, like, this span of uh, a month, and a, uh, a little over a month, I met, like, 62 people, like, in person wow. over that span of time. Uh, and Damn, that's two a day for yeah. a whole month. So, and I, I don't say that as a badge of honor, right? Because it, but looking back on it now, it wasn't a good use of my time. Sure. Um, but, but everything we do is a chemistry formula, right? You put a little too much of this in, you take it back out, right? It's quality versus quantity, like that whole, like, what do I need to do? I want to work a lot, but I want to work smart. Um, so to uh, where you were going with that, yeah, I've met a lot of people, but I think the biggest thing, my takeaway was uh, when I started uh, developing a scorecard for how I can provide value. So I'm a, I come from a recruitment background, nine years and four years I own my own company. So I've been recruiting forever and that's all interviewing. That's all asking questions. Um, that's all asking open-ended questions to get people talking and learn about them. Uh, and so um, it was easy for me to figure out where people's pain points were mm. in life and business and whatever, mostly business. Um, every once in a while I'd come across a solution for somebody personally, but like I would basically mark down how many people like I was able to give something to. And that was my goal at the end of every single conversation, every coffee, uh, every call that I had, it was like, I wanted to leave there with making an introduction or some type of give to them that could benefit them in some way. And at first I hated it because I was just like, what am I going to do for these people? Like, who am I going to connect them to? Like, what am I going to do when I don't even know the world of real estate? But I think what it forced me to do is, um, is grow the muscle of becoming a valuable person, yeah. right? Like get a little bit more um, creative um, to where it's like I was doing stuff and I didn't realize it helped. But then like months later, I'm getting like thank yous and stuff from somebody for being able to help that person. And that's when I realized like that's how you leverage relationships and networking, right? It's not about like knowing everybody and handing out your business card. It's about how can you actually have an impact on the person that you're meeting to where it's like, like you said, it's like when your name gets popped up, it's not like, oh, fuck, Matt yeah, Fresco, oh, the guy who called me a million times. I'm sure that happens, too. Right. But more times than not, it's probably like, oh, cool. I like, had a great conversation yeah. with him. Right. He connected me to like a private money lender or whatever. Sure. It is. Yeah. yeah. So That's awesome. I mean, what do you think, you know, new to the real estate business in the first year? What, what was one of the biggest learning experiences that you had as a new our licensed real estate agent. Are you licensed? Real? No, just yeah, so no. I guess. To, yeah. Let's yeah, tell so the people talk, what, let's talk yeah, about like, what it is. What, you what exactly do. do you do? Yeah. yeah. Plain and simple terms. I'm a real estate wholesaler. Okay. So I find off market distressed properties and we flip them to people that are doing the fix and flip or my company fix and flips them. I'm with faster house titles, acquisition manager. Um, but I'm a buyer. I also have a bit of a portfolio. I'm also going to be getting into fix and flips this year. I have a goal of getting into commercial multifamily, but right now it's my job is to, create relationships with people uh, shouldering industries of real estate, mostly agents, um, some other wholesalers, investors. I work with landscaping companies. I work with junk removal. I've, uh, I've worked uh, senior communities. 
Like I've literally gone into senior communities and worked happy hours because I know that they're going to come across people that need to sell their house as is when they move into those communities. What's mm. that party like? That's smart. Uh, it's fun. It's <laughs> a lot more fun. I get hit on by 80 year olds. Hey, I'll take a compliment anyway. Right? I can get yeah. it. Yes. Yeah. Um, but that's, uh, that's what I do. Yeah. Did I answer that? Yeah, yeah for okay. sure. Did I answer sure. all that? Yeah, okay. absolutely. Now that we, we people understand what it is that you do, what has been your biggest learning experience from this past year? Uh, and getting into this and growing yeah. this outside of like, I think it probably goes back. There's a couple. Can I say a couple of things? For sure. Absolutely. Go 100%. for it. Just Four to parlay years. off the, the value thing. Um, and I think Hermosi says this, or one of the bigger influencers, it's uh, the person that provides the most value wins period. And I think that is like, if you can really understand that, and if you can really embody that, then you're going to go a long way. Like if your ultimate goal is how do I provide as much value to these people in this given situation through this transaction, you're going to win and you're going to, I think you're going to, going to be doing better than 90%, 95%, maybe 99% of the competition who just wants to get by with the basics. Um, the second piece is scorecards for me. Like we are all athletes in some mm-hmm. capacity, right? There is like a winner and a loser. We're used right. to that. And sometimes that drives us. So for me, I went my first seven months without a deal. Um, I sold my, um, so just a, a background, like I sold my business. Um, the idea was I sold it to my business partner. I was going to get some, uh, like a revenue share of the company for the, over the next two years to, to ramp up in real estate. And the business had to fold within like two months of that. A bunch of shitty things happened. Not my fault, not his fault, but it was like I was out of recruitment. I didn't have a paycheck coming from that. I was in real estate. I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. So yeah, no, no, no money coming in there either. No right? money you coming know? in. Well, luckily, being in real estate, I was living in a twenty-two hundred square foot townhome, three bed, two and a half bath by myself. And I, through real estate, I was like, okay, I don't fucking need this, right? I can go back into my duplex and basically live rent free, rent this out to minimize expenses. But yeah, seven months without a paycheck fucking sucked. But, um, but it was one of the best experiences I ever went through because of what I had to learn through that process. Uh, but I developed a scorecard. It's like, I could not control my, how many houses that I was going to buy, um, buying houses or, you know, selling a home for somebody, right. Mm -hmm. Or getting a loan from somebody is a lagging indicator, right. Mm -hmm. You're putting in work months ahead of time Mm -hmm. to foster that result. Right. Yeah, you're always like 90 days out. Yeah, what I always say, roughly. And know, so, and so for me, it was okay. Well, what are the things that I can do on a day to day basis to feel like a winner, right? Because it's hard to feel like a winner when you're not putting points on the board. Mm-hmm. Right. And for us, it's loans, it's closings, it's purchases, right? right. Um, and so, the biggest thing over the past year was definitely like, what are the things in my day to day that I can do, and that are 100 percent in my control that are going to net the result of buying a home, and then. I got really nerdy on it. Like I developed an awesome. Excel spreadsheet. I score myself from one to a hundred percent every week. Then I started doing it for finances. Then I started doing it for fitness. Then I started, you know, starting incorporating it in other areas of my life. But um, I think starting out over the first year, that was it. Like try to hang on to something that you can control and rate yourself on your performance and not necessarily the outcome. No, that's, that's, that's a awesome. great point. Absolutely. Yeah. That's awesome. So, and then, Volleyball. Let's, let's yeah. dive into that. Let's dive into the personal yeah, stuff I know, too. I know you're yeah. willing to stand you know? volleyball. Yeah. I know you you do that a lot. Well, can I yeah. can I flip it real quick? Ask, Absolutely. Ask you guys a question because sure. yeah, I'm just curious. Got? So, you guys have been in real estate longer than I have, 
But ever since July of 2022, the whole landscape has changed, right? So sure. what are you guys doing? Because obviously both of you guys are doing well, right? Mm-hmm. What are you guys doing to um, to stay ahead of the curve? Because both of your industries are falling out at a more rapid rate than ever. <clears throat> Loan officers, real estate agents, they're dropping like flies right now. So what are you guys doing? Not only to tread water, but to actually succeed there. I'll let you start. Yeah. Because... Um, well, what it all comes down to me is, I mean, it's basically everything, a lot of the stuff you've already talked about, but it all comes down to building those relationships, mm-hmm. you know, and building relationships and networking with people that on top of, which I think kind of goes into that is, is being very active on social media. I've, I mean, I don't think I, I don't get a ton of new business or like, I, okay, let me rephrase that. I don't get a ton of random people that I don't know reaching out to me, but yeah. I think I stay top of mind with like all the people that I already, that I already know, love and trust me because mm-hmm. I'm showing up in their feed every day yeah. or in, or on their story or whatever. We sure do try. Yeah, we sure do try. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think that's been a huge, uh, a huge <laughs> thing for me. Um, and really just focusing on those relationships, following up with my people. Um, you know, I've got a little over 150 like closed transactions in the last four years. And so I just follow up with those people regularly. And I think staying on top of those people that they ended up, they end up bringing me, uh, their friends, family. And I think there's something about, you know, just staying active and actively like prospecting too. That's another thing I've got VAs calling for me. I've got, you know, I do most of it. I would say is my, is my sphere of influence and my, in my social media. I mean, that's what I think most of my business comes from. Can I dive into that a little more? For sure. So the social media side, you and Murph have been working together. How long on that? February, right? Uh, Yeah, a year in February. We started doing like little one-off things with jujitsu a little earlier than that, but mm-hmm. we started regularly working together in February of last year. Yeah. Okay. So then what is, um, like, have you had people from social media reach out. Oh yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Oh yeah. Do you time. have any numbers? Try not, not that like you need to, I just have a, a, there's a loan officer guy that like is crazy about his numbers and he's yeah. like literally 25% of my business or no, I think 30% of his business came from I'd social have, media. I'd have to go back and look at it. Cause it's, it's a hard thing to quantify because I've had people that'll text me that like, I saw you on social and yep. I have my phone number all over that. Um, and then I, I do have random people that'll like hit me up in my DMS or people that'll randomly follow me. And then I start the conversation. If they followed me, then I just, I'll DM them. Yep. And I'll, you know, it's like, well, social media, it's meant to, it's there to be social, right? So you actually need to be actively going out and talking to people. Like if you get a random follow and I'm like, oh, we're in, you know, just kind of like what we were talking about, you know, it's a small city. Oh, we've got, oh, they're in that same kind of group of people. Like, oh, I know them, you know, we can, I can, I got something to talk about with yep. them. And so I'll just reach out to them and just kind of hit them up in their DMs and start a conversation. I feel like you're talking about my dating life when I was single. (laughs) (laughs) It's a a social media website. You have to be social. You have to slide into some DMs, right? It's like it's kind of the same thing. It's a numbers game. Oh, yeah. A hundred percent it is. And you're so right. I feel like, cause I don't do the social, but it's on my rocks. Like right. I'm, I'm going to this year. We can talk after this. Okay. <laughs> yeah. there you go. That's why you guys invited me on. There's some royal, there's some yeah. pyramid scheme here. Yeah. yeah. No, no, we're straight to consumer, bro. I don't set up no vendors beneath me. I love that though, dude. I love, and I love what you guys are doing. I think the content you guys put out is sick. Thank I think you. the quality is amazing, uh, but you're right. It's so hard to quantify social media starting out because it's like, okay, what if somebody has seen your social media content because of the algorithm, because of whatever, right? And then they see you out at a coffee shop or at a networking event or whatever the case might be. And then they're just more inclined 
to approach you because oh, of they know your brand and they might not even mention that. Right. But it's like, it's just, it's tough to quantify, like you said, but it is, I feel like the one area of like lead generation that is, has an infinite return right. possibility. hundred oh, percent. Cause I feel like people will, I mean, I have had random people come up to me before or, or we'll, I'll meet someone random and be like, Oh, I think I've seen, I think I've seen you online. You know, it's like, well, shit, you know, like I, I've never thought I would get to that point. And I'm, and my following is not big by any means, but You're the guy who says, you know, a lot, Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but it's been, uh, it's been great. I mean, I, I, it's been the biggest like driver of my business, I think over the last year. If I yeah. could speak to that real quick, because like my social media authority comes from like coaching salespeople with first form. And it was the idea of like, people would think probably whenever you become like a real estate agent, people are just gonna be flocking to work with you and sell homes. A lot of people think the minute you start marketing on social media is when all the strangers come in from the algorithm. But the unfortunate truth, it's not the unfortunate truth, it's just the way it is, is that you have to build that trust with your audience. And then the more they advertise you, the more that they're willing to actually come to you in person and yep. maybe not even talk about your social media. But it is because you're advertising yourself in a valuable way yep. that they want to be a person who comes and talks to you face to face in person. That's the trust that's established with it. But very few times is it. I get a random DM from someone who wants to buy supplements or wants to buy a house or needs a mortgage that day. It's it's usually a little bit more covert from my experience. Yeah, and it takes time. Right? Yeah, for yeah, sure. 100%. Yeah, I mean, we've been doing that. I mean, I've been posting consistently for a couple of years now, but I mean, using Murph, I, I, we've been posting a lot more over the last year. And I mean, I've grown a little bit, but I think it's going to only continue to grow. I mean, I don't even remember where I was when we started. I think what's worth mentioning is that when it comes to someone seeing something like an advertisement, it's going to take them like 20 to 50 times of seeing it on repeat yep. to believe that the source is credible. So right. what we've basically done is just hammered down on, let's figure out the lane and let's make sure that we're preaching value. And whether you're teaching someone something, which is the most valuable, making them laugh or smile or trying to impact them with some inspiration, consistently market yourself. And he's been so on the ball about that. You have. And I think Thank you said it best in your last, in the last podcast. You're a, mar- you're a marketing, marketing company, company that, that sells does real estate. Does real estate. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's, I mean, that's what, what it is. I mean, your, your job is to go out there and, and bring those, bring that client in and bring that business in and get them, figure out a way to get them into a home. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, you've done a hell of a job of it over the last, well, shoot, since we started working together and yeah. since you got in the business. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's probably the fastest trajectory I've seen of an agent. Thank you. And in that amount of time. So just, yeah, keep doing what you're doing. Well, and one other thing I think that social media does is, I mean, it's hard to quantify this too, but I think it's just kind of like a, it's like a business card almost, right. you know, like I'll have people, it's like, I'll look up people before I, you know, if I heard about somebody or I hear somebody, it's one of the first things I do is I look them up on social media. Are they active? Oh, this person hasn't posted in three years. Like they're not very active on this. And this is a, you know, a big driver of business for a lot of people. So, I mean, I feel like sometimes people will, you know, look at my social media and feel like they kind of get an idea of who I am, you right. know, and who, you know, if I'm someone that they would vibe with working with. So yeah, that, and it's hard to hide your personality, mm-hmm. you know, you, you, well, especially you, on this, now, right. Especially sure. on video. You, you exactly there. Yeah. It's going to pick There's up no faking it. Hey, there is no faking it. No, you are who you are. And the camera is going to pick up on that. And people are going to be able to see the type of person that you are. And I mean, like I said, you're a great person. One of the best people that I know that I've gotten to work with. And like I said, I'm glad that we're you. having, having the people that we are on can on this show because they're all like us and yep. that's the type of people that we want to promote and have on the show. Yeah. So, and I think, um, going off of that and talking about being yourself, it's like, I, I do love that concept of like, Hey, pick two to 
four lanes yeah. of what you want to talk about, right? Don't just talk about real estate and don't just always come in with asks, right? Talk about things that are going to bring value to people. Um, and I think you guys, I think you guys do a good job of that. I think you have actually, I haven't seen as much, but I used to love, uh, I don't know if you're not on my algorithm anymore, but I used to love like the you sitting in front of your desk mm-hmm. content that you put out. Cause that, that's how I knew you before right. we ended up meeting in person. Yeah. It's been more of that has been direct to agents. Um, you know, it's, it's just because of the different things that I've been doing with, with Zach in this, and then a couple other agents that I work with that do video has been doing more of that. So when the time that I am back at the house, I feel like there's an, there's enough of that content or enough of my content out there, but that isn't a goal of mine is to get back to doing at least one of those videos a week. Yeah. I do a video every Friday that I send out to about 70 agents that I, that I work with. And it's, it's like a market recap, just kind of going over it, but it's tailored to, to the agents versus as a consumer tailored to the consumer. Yep. And it's something that I feel like I, I, I'll, I could pivot and make towards a consumer in post. So. I, I love the idea of doing it towards the agents, yeah. right? It, Cause you and I have like the same job description. Right. Exactly. Like we go after agents, my content's going to be around agents. Right. Cause I would much rather, like I can get a lot more deals exactly through an agent than I can that has, that comes across so many different people looking to sell their home. Right. As opposed to one individual who might have a distressed property. Right. Like sure. is, there's a, there's a, like I said, it's like a compounding effect for, yeah. for that stuff. But I also loved, like, I don't feel like as many loan officers do social no. as no, agents. I've, and I, I feel like I can only think of like three right now off the top of my head. You're yeah. the only one I can call out by name. Like there's might be one other person that I yeah. follow. Um, my, actually my buddy, Matt Dickens does yeah. social. Yeah, that's who he's I was, great. He's yeah. great at, he's the one that does like 30% of his deals came through social. Oh, really? that's awesome. Yes. That's and he only posts three times a week. Uh, one in each category. It's like golf. It's something else. And then it's obviously mortgage. Uh, mortgage. Right. Um, but you two are the only, or only people that I can think of that does it on a pretty consistent basis. I loved how in the numbers that you were able to get though on yeah. some of your stuff. And I feel like the, the detail that you provide on those and like the actual, like it's, it's below surface level knowledge. Right. Right. And you're not afraid to get a little bit nerdy about it yeah. because the people that are going to want that are going to love that. Right. Right. Well, like your, your, what's the payment what's episode the payment? Are, yep. are awesome. Cause it really will tell a consumer, all right, what does a payment look like on a $350,000 house right now? And you know, what's crazy is like, I've, I've done it a few times for years mm-hmm. and I've reached out to agents just to, as a way of connecting with new agents. Yeah. And it's a free advertisement. You, and you would be surprised if I'm like, no, it's okay. I'm like, why would you not? Right. Well, you know, like it's a whole nother, I mean, I'm not saying I have a huge following or anything, but, but yeah, it's so another it way to, hurt? it's an, right. Exactly. <laughs> what's it going to hurt that I'm posted, posting this out there. Right. You know, I might, it, hell, it might reach somebody that wasn't thinking about buying a house and realize, Oh man, that payment's more affordable than I thought it was going right. to be. Cause you know, that's the thing right now is, you know, you mentioned, you know, you were asking the question of us about, you know, what has it done that, you know, how have we shifted our business since July of 2022? Yeah. And the biggest thing is for me has been how I communicate to my clients, you know, the way, you know, the, the way that I'm explaining why, like, Hey, yes, rising rates, that's not going to be, that's not fun. But at the same time, let's look at the benefits of it. And there was an article that came out and we might, you might be able to pull, I think it was like CNBC came back out in August of 2022 where they interviewed a thousand home buyers from 2021, it was like 72% of those people regret their purchases mm. because they overpaid. 
They didn't get to do inspections and all these things popped up after the fact and they felt rushed. And so I saw that article and I'm like, okay, this is like a month after all the things started to hit shit started to hit the fan. I'm like, all right, how can I cater the way that I communicate to my clients that can portray this? And, and I feel like I've done a very good job. The, the people that call in like, well, interest rates are really high. I was like, I, they are, they've gone up, but let's historic average wise. We're still right in line. Obviously homes going up and prices that kind of changes things a little bit and the affordability might drop a little bit, but let's not focus so much on the rate as much as the payment, you know, because the rates are what the rates are. Mm -hmm. And you can always refinance what goes up must come down and you can always refinance when those rates drop. And it was just basically the way I communicated. And then also making sure that we, my team stood out above and beyond anybody else in the process that we have. And they, we, make, get it through. I mean, we're getting stuff done in two and a half, three weeks, you know, where most people are still taking 30 to 45 days to close a loan. Like if I really needed to, I could probably push something through in 10 days. Yeah. You know, it's just doing that little bit extra, um, you know, refining our processes because the great thing too, is now that we've developed this process and the way that we work files through the system, when things pick back up, it's only going to make things easier for us to adjust and continue to do more and more deals, you know, and, and, that's what we're looking forward to because we are, we're going to see a repeat of 2021 all over again this year as mm-hmm. rates continue to drop because you've got more people. It was, I think it's this, this numbers for every 1% interest rates go up or down 5 million people across the country are entering or leaving the market. And yeah. so we're already short on inventory and we're going to remain short on inventory for a while. I think we're five years, maybe even longer below where we need to be. And, uh, you know, it's, it's only going to, as these rates drop it, the competition's only going to be even more. Yep. I, so I recently saw something that showed, uh, that showed like December 26th, 7th, whatever, until February 27th, 28th or whatever it is right now. Like the window is, that we're in, it's the window, the best time yeah, you could sure. possibly buy because it's the slower season. Nobody wants to move in the winter. 100%. All the other, you know, the interest rates are higher right now. Right. Um, but if you buy in this window, as opposed to buying in the spring or the summer after mm-hmm. the first or second or third rate, and I don't even follow this shit, right? But like, uh, it makes so much sense because you're just right. gonna, it's gonna be that all over again. People are gonna be outbidding. People are gonna rush. They're gonna say, you better come in. No inspections, no contingencies. I don't care if there's a hole in the roof. If right. you want this house, right. make the offer. Make well, the I'd, offer. I'd even take it back even further. I would say even like October because you've got school has just gotten started, people are settled you know, in August and September, mm-hmm. and then October hits, you're in the fourth quarter, you know, you, you close in October, you're, you're looking at being, you know, or you go under contract in October, you're closing around the holidays in November and Thanksgiving, and then you got Christmas. So I would say even in like starting in October through that, through the end of February is a great time to buy. Cause I, I mean, most pretty much every deal that I close in that time frame had was either below sales price or had some sort of seller concessions covering closing costs. And that wasn't anything that we would see prior to. And people right. were had multiple offers and paying more for a house than they were in that time frame because one, not as many people one, you know, the mark the homes are still out there to buy. There's just not as many people buying at that point. And that's usually when we see a shift to a buyer's market is that fourth quarter of the end, the end of the year and, and the beginning of the first quarter of the next year. 
Mm. And it's, it's, I mean, it's just kind of that rise that wave. And it's been like that ever since I've gotten in the business. And I always tell people, they always ask, well, when should I buy? I'm like, well, the real, ask any real estate. The answer is always going to be yesterday. Yesterday, I should have always bought yesterday because of of appreciation. Um, But if, you know, if you are looking for one of the best times of year, it's usually at the very beginning or the very end of the year was when you're going to get your best deals. Right. So, well, I mean, we talked about it when like we were yeah. telling the story about how I bought this house Yeah. in, uh, if it was it December, December no, of last? It, was, it was November, November of last November year. Of last year. I mean, this was rates went up in what July, July of 22. Right. Yep. And then, you know, everybody's rate lock expires, you know, a couple months later mm-hmm. and then, you know, houses end up sitting on the market and this house sat on the market for, and it was like, 30 or 35 days. And, you know, we hit him with a low ball offer and did some negotiation. I mean, we ended up getting this house for 50 grand less than what it was originally listed for. And plus closing costs, plus closing costs. And I mean, yeah. it's, that's the way to do it. I mean, versus we wait until, you know, spring this year and it turns into a beating right. frenzy again, where everybody's paying 20 to $50,000 over waving inspections and appraisal. And, right. you know, and then you're, you're getting into a house just like you said, and you're probably right. make, having some sort of regrets. So. Absolutely. And you know, I think, we're going to, like I said, it's something that's going to be coming full circle. I mean, real estate's cyclical. I mean, you're going to see trends and things come back around, and this is one of those. And, you know, it's not a fun one. You know, you're, you're people ask anybody that bought in 2021. I mean, obviously, we had COVID to deal with. So you're, you know, you're looking at 15 minute increments to view a home. Sure. And you're standing outside in line with a bunch of other people. But, yeah. you know, it, it may not have that aspect to it, but it's still going to be you're going to be roaming through a house with, I mean, shoot, we had a client offer. There's yeah. 96 showings, showings this weekend. We just wrote yeah. an offer this morning. Right. Crazy. You know, we're, it's, <laughs> it's starting. I mean, it, it, we're, we're going to see it. Rates have dropped. You know, we had another client. We, I think we mentioned on a previous episode, but we started the process uh, end of October, early November. And from the time what we had them quoted at, at that time, obviously we're like, well, let's float and see what happens. And rates are, or we got them locked in one, one percent less than what we were originally looking at in a month's time, and so we're going to continue to see that drop, and especially as the Fed starts cutting rates, yeah, it's just going to be, it's just going to be crazy. It's always evolving, like you said, it's always cyclical. Yep. Um, and I've been recently obsessed with. Uh, I'm, I'm rereading a book called 10x is easier than 2x. Yeah. Have you read it? I have mm-hmm. not. Um, so whenever somebody sees like, or at least me, when I saw a 10 X book, I was like another Grant Cardone book, mm-hmm. right? Another just fucking, is this a Grant Cardone book? No, oh, okay. <laughs> no, this is like, I thought it might be the Grant. Yeah. The Grant Cardone is like volume, uh-huh. right? There's like more, do more, be more, have like 24 hours a day around the clock. Right. And just kind of suck it up from my experience. A lot of good principles for that, but this is more the idea of, um, what are the things that I can do that can create exponential growth by taking away, right? So like the 80-20 rule, right? Sure. There's 80%, you know, somewhere in your business, there's 80 or 90% coming from 10% or 20%, 20% of the, of the input, the, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. The work that you're actually putting in. So it's the idea of continuously refining that. And so I'm curious, like in our world, obviously constantly evolving, you got to stay on your toes. You got to be innovating. Do you guys have anything that you're doing in 2024 like that's different? And what you did in 2023 that things ha- that you think has the opportunity to 10 extra business, this, this, this podcast. This, yeah. This, Fuck yeah. For sure. This, this yes. And like I said, revamping social media for myself. Um, you know, I, I don't look at social media as a way to, to get business, but I, I lend credibility to who I am and the, my brand. Um, and, but also, you know, again, it's, it's for me, it's pretty much the same. It's, 
connections with agents and financial advisors and my past clients. And yeah. I've got, I'm gonna have a big focus on past clients this year. Um, you know, I think I did, you know, 20% of my business last year was from past client referrals, which was huge. Mm-hmm. And I want to continue to grow that every year. Um, you know, and obviously the more people you close, the bigger that past client list gets in and potential get more business from. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's for me that, and it doesn't take, it doesn't take a whole lot. Just uh, basically using my CRM, record a quick video, shoot it out to my past clients every so often with a tip or a trick or anything like that. Yep. Um, and, and I'm, I, you know, I'm hoping that that would be something that would bring in a lot of business or at least people passing my name. And, and they up. talk, and they talk about this in the book, right? Like in order to like 10 X in this concept, you don't have to put out something that's 10 times better than everybody else. No. If you can just figure out a way to put out something that's 10 to 20% better and different than what other people are doing, that has the potential to 10 X your business. Cause it's about increasing the quality, right? To, you know, like I said, 10 or 20% to essentially increase the, the result by 10 X. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. What about you? What are, what are some things that you're planning on doing this year to do that? Um, so we talked about like leading indicators, lagging indicators, and like my scorecards. Uh-huh. Um, I'd love to see these scorecards. Yeah. By the way. Yeah. Oh, I know you guys are Excel like uh, or like mm-hmm. uh, yeah. like Excel nerds too, or <laughs> yeah. or at least like like to right. document like what For it sure. is that you're doing and look at uh look at trends, like figure out conversion rates and stuff like that, so that you know what work to put in. KPIs. KPIs. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um. So this year, I'm uh, social media for sure, right? Um, and then it's rocks. It's this idea of rocks. So the, I, I I'm awesome at like doing the day-to-day activities. And so when I think of, um, like rocks versus like your leading indicator stuff, the leading indicator day-to-day stuff, linear growth, mm-hmm. right? You continue, you continue towards this like upward trajectory. This, uh, rocks on the other hand is stuff that could potentially have exponential growth. But when you're doing it, it's the the slingshot effect, right? Mm-hmm. So it feels like it's slowing your business down or even backtracking you for a minute. Um, so this is just an example. One of my goals is to bring on five whale connectors this year, which is somebody that can produce five to 10 purchases for me in a single year. Um, it's a great goal. The mm-hmm. problem is I don't know what that person looks like. Like nobody knows what they look like. I don't know what the architect type looks like. So one of the things I have to do is create an SOP around like defining who that person is, where they are, building that list, right? Mm-hmm. My target approach, what value I'm going to bring to them, right? All these different things that I don't know how to do. And so the first iteration is probably going to suck. I'm probably not going to net or yield any results. So to me, this is a rock because if I do this, it's going to slow down my business to slow down the calls that I'm making, the texts that I'm making, the houses that I'm running or whatever, any any other thing that I could be doing to push my business forward. But once I do this and I have this defined and I find out where these people are, nobody in my company is doing this. Right. Like, like this is something that nobody else is doing. So once I do it and then I do the second iteration and the third iteration and the fourth iteration or however iterations I need by the end of the year, that's going to 10x my business because i purchased, uh, or I should say I got under contract 42 houses last year. So if I find somebody that can five people that produce five to 10 of those, that's 25 to 50 deals. Right. That's 
doubling my business, right? Uh, and then with that, it's going to be deals for years to come. And then on top of that, once I have that identified of who that archetype is to go after, I continually go after that 20% that's netting me majority of my results. So it's a very long winded example, but like anything like rock related and making time, blocking time off like an hour or two a day of that stuff that looks like it's going to pull me back in that day, but is hopefully going to traject me forward. Well, that's something you and I can sit down and talk with because we're going after the same people. And I, in, in terms of real estate agents and financial advisors and things like that, and I can, uh, you know, if you want to sit down and go over kind of how I go about the agents that I go after. I mean, it, it is a numbers game, obviously, but, and there's a lot of fallout within real estate agents. So how do you just, how do you find who's going to be the ones that really benefit you? Now, obviously I can go in and find out how many deals someone's closing on the buy side and be like, all right, well, obviously that's a good agent that I want to go after. But at the same time, figuring out which agents are the ones that are doing that are connected with wholesalers already that you might be able to come in and do a better job as a new wholesaler for them to work with. Right. You know, so if you want to get together after this or sit down, I'd be happy to. It's, it's one of those things. Cause I, I'm constantly looking at and reviewing agents and, and is this someone that I want to, and, and a lot, like you said, social media is I'll look at them and depending on how active they are and all that versus what I'm seeing their, you know, their numbers are, if I can see a decline or a pattern, year over year and what they're doing, I can kind of be like, ah, you know what, they, they're doing it, but they're on the decline. That might not be somebody that I want or I really want to touch base with. I want somebody that I can see their numbers are getting better and better and better and go after, especially new agents mm-hmm. because, um, you know, there's always new ones coming into the business and they all have that HGTV su- selling sunset mindset like oh this is gonna yeah. be easy until they get <laughs> smacked in the face and like right. oh shit six months in and you haven't right. you haven't sold the deal and right yeah. and so those are the ones that i like to talk to just because you know we can sit down and have a conversation about hey this is the things that i've seen that have worked for people you know let's try that and let's see if we can help you build your business that way because now you've gotten with them from the ground up and and because i know that you, you like Jaden. I think you've connected with him and he's helped you on a couple of deals. I was just yeah. going to talk about Jaden. Yeah. It's unbelievable. It's like he, Matt Dickens yeah. introduced me to Jaden. Uh, Jaden and I went out for coffee. Uh, we clicked, stayed in touch with him. He actually is the only agent that ever went out and find, found me a deal. So like he found a, uh, Fisbo, yeah. uh, for sale by owner and, um, brought me to the place. And anyway, we ended up doing that deal, but, to me, he was a friend mm. that was an agent that I was doing business with, but then his like career growth, right. like kids fucking yeah. like mid twenties. Yeah. And he just got a job as the uh, team, as lead. A team yeah. lead at Keller Williams Chesterfield. Yep. Keller Williams Chesterfield has about 350 agents, something, like, mm-hmm. that, something yeah. like that. And the team lead, like for people that don't know, like the vernacular there, it's like the CEO of yeah. that office. You are Almost in charge. Like the broker. Yep. Yeah. You are in charge. You're right under the broker. You are in charge of growing that office. You're in charge of uh, both in terms of team members, right. right? But in terms of like the people and what they're producing. And it's like, to me, that's my number one whale right now. Right. Like that dude, sure. me and him are boys oh, yeah. and we have been boys and he knows, likes and trusts me and him and I like collab on like goal setting shit all the time. But it's like, He's in front of 350 agents. So it's like, that's what I'm talking about. Right, like right. The, the difference between the Grant Cardone 
go out and work 24 hours a day and the like, hey, how do you find more people like Jaden right. yeah. who is going to be connected with 350 agents and can produce right. an infinite amount of deals for you right. if you take care of him, his folks, and their clients? Yeah, Jaden. I met Jaden like right after he got his license. I was connected to him through another uh, realtor that I worked with. And um, yeah, he just took off. He joined a team and that team already had their preferred lender that they were working with. And, but I, him and I still stayed in contact. We'll still shoot each other text messages every once in a while. I mean, he's, he's a, he's a great guy and, and I'm happy for him and, and what he's been able to do with his career and, and get to that point with, with Keller Williams, Chesterfield. And I think he's going to do great things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely. yeah, it's, it's how do we find, how do you find more guys like that? How do as that's what we have to ask ourselves because that's, that's the people, those are the people that we're going after. So, right. Well, so there it is. You know what yeah. I mean? Like that's like the, starting to form the, like I said, I keep saying the word archetype, whatever you like word right. you want to use, starting to form the profile right. of the person that is able to do that for you. Right. I've got another right. person over there that I, I, I want to connect you with that. She, she's new, just like Jaden. She's go getter. And she does now she this is her second year. She does coaching her and I, she got in Catherine, with Catherine Wentz. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, awesome. Absolute stud. Yeah. yeah. I went to lunch with her um, probably like three, four weeks ago. Okay. Unbelievable. She's oh, 21. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's crazy. She's, she's 21. And she's a trainer. Yeah. She's, she's, uh, she's a real go getter. Her and I connected on a or my ex-wife um, connected Catherine with, with me and, and we started networking together and, and next thing you know, we've done a couple of deals and then, you know, she got into this coat uh, doing the coaching and mm-hmm. basically as a 21 year old is coaching agents out of that Chesterfield office on how to grow their business. Yeah, and awesome. she's, yeah, she's, she's a, uh, she's a real go getter. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, you guys are both into self-development, obviously. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, Absolutely. That's one way we can connect. So I've got an interesting question for you. If you could only read one book for the rest of your life, what would it be? So it's like you can read it as many times as you want. You can consume it in whatever fashion that you want, right? Um, and I think we're all believers in like you don't just read a book once if you like it, right? You study it. So if you could have one book to reference and read only one for the rest of your life, what would it be? 48 Laws of Power, Robert Greene. Really? Yes. I, that's been on my uh, list for quite Robert Greene books in general have yep. been on my list. And it's that's a good one. Worth listening to the audio book on YouTube for free because it's like reading a history book that teaches you Machiavellianism. And Robert Greene is one of the most monotone, dry-voiced people ever. Yeah. So if you like read his writing, you can get a little lost in the sauce. If you listen to him narrate it, it's beautiful, and you get way more out of it. Really? Absolutely. And what is Machiavellian? What is it? What? So when we think about like uh, Machiavellian, it's like political strategy, courtiership, yeah. the ability to court attention and use misdirection. The book is about how not to be made a victim of Machiavellianism and how to point out these actors in the workplace, in entertainment, and if you want to use these kind of like tools and these laws against people, you can. But more importantly, it's about protecting yourself from those kinds of people. And which one is it? The, which one? What's For, the, 48, 48 Laws, laws of power. power. Okay. And he did an apprenticeship, uh, or not he did an apprenticeship. Um, Ryan Holiday did an apprenticeship under him, didn't he? Yeah. It was a, and because he always references him. And I've read a couple of Ryan Holiday's books. And so he's like, he's on my list of reads. Yeah, so I'd, I'd read some Robert Greene. Okay. Right here. Um, I say this cause I have read it every year since I was a freshman in high school. Um, this changed the way I approached baseball, but there's so many 
I, I feel like baseball is one of the best sports to learn a lot of great life lessons because there's no other sport where you can be a hall of famer and fail seven out of 10 times. Mm-hmm. And so it teaches you how to get off your ass after failing and coming back out and, and to succeed. Um, but this dies in called? The, the mental game of baseball. If gotcha. you want it, you can have this copy. I've got, I, so I coach a select team and every team that I coach, I give every player on my team a copy of this to read, mm-hmm. uh, because this is a book that's changed my life. Um, I've been through four copies of this. Um, I had a copy when I was in high school and every time I would read through it, I'd go through it with a different highlighter and different. And it was cool just to see how at different points of my career and growth as a person, the different things that stuck out with me. And then I had another copy when I went to college, same thing. I would read it in college and all through that. And then another one in pro ball and I had, and it was just crazy. And I would read, I've read it so much that it would fall apart. I've got, and this was the most recent one that I got. Uh, My kids got a hold of it here. They want, they're really excited about reading it and (laughs) rip the, rip the cover, but um, I'll, I'll get you a copy of this, but this is hands down. I mean, this was like my Bible growing up and I took this thing with me everywhere. I've read this thing. Uh, or listen to it on podcast every year since I was a freshman in high school. Hmm. So that's what, so freshmen were what, 15 years old. Yeah. So 20, 20 years of, Damn, of dude. reading this book and every year. And uh, I do now I do remember you telling we, me that when we, we met, when we grabbed coffee yeah. and I just want to say, I think it's, I think it's awesome that you've read that so many times because I'm a firm believer, although I'm not always the, follower of it, right? I'm a firm believer that it's like you find a good book, you continually read that and you study that book oh, yeah. until you have it down, highlight it, yeah. take notes, do right. whatever you can, like consume it so you can actually embody it and you can fully understand and grasp it. Like I said, we all get on these kicks of like, you know, shiny object syndrome, like, oh, this new book or that new book or this person. But I love that you've read that. How many times do you think? So 20 times now. I, I The last couple of years have been on podcast. Yep. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I give it to every kid that I coach. Okay. They have it. And so I started with them last year and as freshmen, I, it's like their homework assignment. Like this is going to make like you, this is going to make you not just a better athlete and baseball player, but a better person moving forward because of the mental side. Like that's why I'm so big. And I always ask the mentality, like what's your mentality like when you do something like this, because that is so important. And I've learned more from that book than anything else that I've ever read. Um, and just, it, it's, yeah, it's, it, I highly recommend it. Yeah. I definitely have to check it out. Um, I would say mine's, I've read it every year since I've been in real estate, Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. I feel like that's oh, yeah. like the, 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 the golden like right. Bible for real estate people. I mean, I feel like everybody I've talked to or anybody, most real estate investors have read that book. Yeah. Um, at least ones that I know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I mean, I've listened to bigger pockets for years and that's one of the things I ask on there is, you know, what's your favorite real estate book? And I feel like a lot of people say get their start by yeah, reading that book. Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Yeah. And then he's got other books, but I mean, I, I've read the, you know, the original Rich Dad, Poor Dad the last four years. Um, he's got like 18 iterations. He of does. Rich Dad, Poor right. Dad. Yeah. I was just in Barnes and Noble yeah, and, uh, and I looked and it's like, he has a shelf of like all the different, yeah, like rich yeah. something <laughs> or another. Yeah. Yeah. But there's a reason. Yeah, for sure. They're there, good. There's I, mean, I, I really enjoy the, that book cause it's like stories and like, you know, stories and real and lessons. And I just think it ties into really well. Have you read it? Uh, so I've gotten most of the way through it. Um, I, I know I've listened to it all the way through. I haven't yeah. read it, read it though. Yeah. What about you? What, what's your book? I know you mentioned the 10 X book. Uh huh. What's, what would be your book? So it's funny. I, I wrote this down to ask you guys a question and I don't have an answer right now. <laughs> I didn't have, 
But I, so I was looking through my audio and like the first thing that stuck out to me, uh, like gun to my head right now would be um, four hour work week. Mm, okay. by Tim, Tim Ferriss. Yeah. yeah have you guys read that? Yeah, I, I have not. So he I was, have listened to it. So it's a great book and it's, it's a cool book because you don't have to read it cover to cover. You mm-hmm. can literally check out the table of contents and be like, what applies to me right now? I can go to that. I can just kind of take that in. So there's a lot of uh, principles in there. Um, but when we talk about Pareto principle, right? The uh, 80% of the results are coming from 20% of the effort or some version of that. He's huge on that. Mm-hmm. And he's big on finding that, you know, the 10X, yeah. right? He's big on finding that and cutting out the rest, then doubling down and going, finding more of that. And then he's also big on uh, Parkinson's law, which is the idea uh, time expands the space that you give it. I'm going to wait to the last minute to do it. Yes, hundred <laughs> percent. If you're in college, we're in college. We probably yeah, are all the same oh, way. We give yeah. an entire semester to do something. We're going to take that entire semester. All If you give us two weeks to do it, we're going to figure out a way. You give us a right. day to do it. Right. We'll figure right. out a way right. to do well, it. Here's an Adderall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Adderall and coffee, right? right. Yeah. Yes. Um, and so those two concepts really stuck out to me. And it was almost like a, like, it's okay to be lazy in some respects, right? Like it is okay mm-hmm. to like want to take, and you know, I'm a big fan of Andy Frisella, but obviously right. like there's, there's ways that he probably wouldn't, uh, um, agree with this. I mean, I'm sure he would, but um, this idea of like, you don't have to take every path of least resistance, mm-hmm. right? Like there are some, sorry, you don't have to take every path of most resistance. Yeah. Yes. Like yeah. take the path of least resistance whenever it fits your life. Right. And then, you know, take the past the other path whenever the fuck you, I guess, need to. I really fucked that up. Hopefully we that. can cut that. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, what I, but what I was getting at is like, it's okay to, it's okay to be lazy if it's places that aren't in your zone of genius, mm-hmm. right? Like if you're not good in an, a specific area of your life, like the admin work, it doesn't make sense to spend all of your life doing admin work or right. taking a course on how to get better at doing your admin work, right? It's okay to outsource, right? It's okay to free up your time. And so I think like those two things, because I never had a strong work ethic growing up. I think as I've gotten older, like I developed a strong work ethic because I found things that I'm actually passionate about and that I can see like, oh, if I do this, it'll have this type of impact in my life. Now I have a stronger work ethic than ever, right? So I'm much more like, hey, let me take the time to put all my work into areas that I have some strengths in and uh, and not give a fuck about the shit that I'm not good at. Right. right. Yeah. Um, so just to kind of go back into Tim Ferriss's book, it's a great like, hey, how do you get the most out of your days? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's OK if you only want to like eventually work like 10 hours a week right. or whatever that is. I think most guys like us would never be able to do that no, because no, like now we're developing more and more passion around what we do. It's like, this is fun. This is a, right. this job is like a game to me. So it's like, I want to continue doing this. I want to go on podcasts. I want to do whatever. But like the concept of like, I can set up a life to where I don't need to do anything and everything else I do or right. kill or bring in is for sport. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really cool concept. Yeah, oh, for absolutely. Sure. And it's almost like you'll get to that point where, you're growing and growing and you get so efficient at, and, and become an expert at what it is that you're doing that you might only need to work 10, 10 hours a week, but guess what? Now that opens you up to add another venture. So like for us, you know, 
we've gotten very efficient at what we do and the teams that we have underneath us that now we can, can add this. And now we can put 10 hours a week into this. Mm-hmm. And, and so essentially, you know, going back to what you're saying is, you know, for us, you don't think we could ever just not only work 10 hours. It's you're right. We couldn't because we're going to add something new to the mix where we can spend another 10 hours a week right. growing and, and, and getting better at. Right. Well, I, th- I think I heard, I think a, a Jordan Peterson quote once that it was like, you know, what is retirement margaritas on a beach? Yeah. For how long, you know, yeah, like how right. long, how many days in a row can you sit, you know, on a beach and do nothing? Cause it's like, I know me, I, about the second day, third day, I'm like, I'm antsy. I got to do something. I don't yeah. like, I always tell you know, Gina knows this. I don't, I don't vacation. Well, like I just went to Florida, right. you know, two weeks ago and I'm like, we're sitting or just sitting around, not doing anything all day. Like, yeah. well, like, what do we, what do we know, do here? What, what's the, yeah, what can I line doing? up a showing or what? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, we got to do something, yeah. you know, like we're just going to, well, it was like a rainy day and we watched like three movies. I am like, like, yeah. get me out of here, you know? Like, I'm a, and I'm a firm believer that if you're not growing, that you're dying. For sure. I, yeah. I, I, I think we said that. We literally yeah. said that exact thing. You're like, we're like a tree. Yep. We're not growing. We're dying. You yes. Know? And I think that's why, um, like people that don't have a plan, after retirement, right? When they hit that goal, like they can sit around and do nothing all day. It's like, I think that's the reason why you see a rapid decline in health. Like we're purpose, like whether, I don't care what your like religious or spiritual affiliations are. Like if you have a purpose, you have a reason to live. If your purpose was to get to a point of retirement and then you got to that point of retirement, you have no purpose anymore. Right. And I, I believe that, um, you know, mentally that can take a bigger toll on your physical health than people might assume. A lot of people, oh, sorry. No, go ahead. A lot of people try chasing their passion. And that's honestly where a lot of people mess up. It's from a Ryan Holiday book. Mm-hmm. I believe it's uh, Ego is the Enemy. And he goes, the reason why people, quote unquote, burn out is because they're passionate about something the way that they're motivated about something. It spikes really quick and then it drops back down. Yep. When you're purpose driven, like being a father, for example, nothing stops you from fathering your kids. No. So a big piece of advice for people is stop chasing your passions and start chasing your purposes. And then one other thing, because Andy spoke on it quite a bit, and if there's someone in the room who's an Andy Frisella student, I'm, I'm him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, the thing is, is that Andy will be the first person to tell you he's actually very lazy. Like. He, when they were starting the first stores that he was sleeping in the back of, they couldn't wait to play Call of Duty at night. And so the thing that allowed him to kind of develop that mindset is how do I create a system in place so that I can get done what I need to get done and then I don't have to feel bad about hanging out, you know, smoking a doob in my awesome garage where I have 50 really luxury supercars. And for him, it's, hey, find the five critical things you have to do every day Powerless. in that day. Yep. And then whatever you want to do for the rest of the day is your business. And I just got to say, my day's over. Everyone knows what I'm doing. You know yeah. what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. No shit. And I fucking love that, man. Yeah. Well, yeah. and that's the thing, too, is like I just had a conversation with my business coach uh, back. It was when the Powerball reached like a billion dollars. And so he's like, so, you know, I think it was like, hey, we're getting ready for fourth quarter. What are your business plans? I go, I'm going to win the Powerball. I'm not. That's yeah. that's my business plan. And he's uh, just joking with him. He goes, well, is that if you do, is that going to make you more busy or less busy? And I said, probably more because I know what, if I, like, if I had that kind of money, what all I would want, like, I would be starting so many different businesses and mm-hmm. doing different things that for sure I would get more busy than I would. Like, like you talked about, like, I don't retirement, like, yeah, it sounds great, yeah. but I feel like after a day I'm like, all right, let's go back to fucking work. I'm pretty yeah. sure my real estate license will be active until the oh, day yeah. I die. Oh yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. same thing here. You look at my grandma. She's 83, yeah. you know, still licensed agent. You yeah. Know, I, my mom well. did this until she was 67 years old. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's just one of those things. It, it gets the point, like my business partner, he's built a team now that if he wanted to, 
he could essentially retire, just keep his license and keep his name on everything. And we could still close, like he would just pass everything off to us and we'd get it taken care of. And he'd still be sitting back collecting a paycheck and he could do whatever the hell he wants at that point. And, you know, that's ultimately where that's where I want to get to is get to that point where I've got a team and I've done this and I've developed so many connections that the business is just coming in that I can venture off and do other aspects of, of things that I want to do. You know, I like I, I want to get into the real estate investing. There was plans for that, but things happen. Um, and, you know, I, I, I would like to do that and get into that and flipping homes. That was something that I was always considering and that and he does that. You know, he's got a, he, he's got his business on this, but he also has investments and flipping and things like that. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just, there's so many things that I think would just better suit, I guess, being, I guess that's more of an athlete mindset that we have, right. That it just, we're not ever going to stop working. Yeah. Getting better. Well, and I think the, um, I think like a lot of people do get rich and get wealthy through real estate and I think to me, just the concept, what no matter what avenue that you do it through, the concept of getting to a point where I do not have to work. Right. Like getting to that point, to me, it's a goal. It's a goal of all of right, ours right. in some capacity. Sure. But is like I feel like that's when you would really start to get dangerous. Right? Right. Because if you don't have to work and all you can do is things that are purely for sport, right? The sky's the fucking limit. Right, There's yeah. no pressure of like, I got to fucking put food on the table. We're For all sure. 100% commission professionals or business owners. Right, We're right. also 100% commission professional, right? Right. It's like, there's no more of that. So it's like, I, I feel like once I hit that point and you guys might be the same, it's like, that's when shit's really right. yeah, going to get dangerous because I'm only going to do things that I like, but I'm going to put this work, work ethic into getting better. It's not going to be easy because no. I like it, right? right? There's going to be times that are difficult, but like, that I feel like is the time that's going to be the most fun. And that's what I'm working on right now. Yeah. So having that, uh, that comfortability of just knowing like, Hey, I'm set. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. And I've always said like, once I can get my real estate investments, like, or, you know, and I'm, I'm ha- making at least enough to cover like my monthly expenses. Like that's just going to be a huge milestone for me. And then, you know, after, after that, you know, the real estate sales are just the cherry or icing on the cake. When do you have a goal to do that by? I don't know. <laughs> so, I said I said like five years, two years ago. So I mean, I could I could stay on that trajectory trajectory in the next three years, get hit that goal, which I think is definitely attainable. That'd be sick. Sure. Do it mm-hmm. by thirty three. Yeah, that'd be sweet. Be awesome. And we could definitely do that. I mean, it's right. it's doable. You know, mm-hmm. people have done it in less time. So right. you know, it's not like my monthly bills are that crazy. Yeah. <laughs> well, the and I keep going back to it, but like this uh, this idea of like the ten x stuff is like. And I, I talked about this the other day in a, in a social media post or wrote about it. It's not becoming a millionaire. That's the goal, right? It is, but it's not about becoming the millionaire. It's about becoming the person who can make a million dollars, right? It's not about financial freedom. It's about becoming the person who is financially, financially free. Like, and so in order to like, by setting these wild and 10 X goals, it's like, okay, like I have, what do I have to do to become that person? What do I have to get rid of? What do I have to add? What do I have to improve? And constantly auditing that, right, gets you there. Right. Like it's it's foolproof, right? right? And not not when it's going to happen, but if you consistently follow the simple but not easy playbook, it's like financial freedom is going to happen for every single one of us. And I right. believe it is, um, especially the guys like us, because yeah. it's just like there's this constant need for growth and improvement. Right. Oh, I could 
Go ahead. Oh, I was like, I could totally relate that to jujitsu because like, I remember when I first got started in that and you know, you're, you're the white belt, you're the new guy in the gym, you're the ones getting kind of beat up on. But and I remember like thinking like, Oh, I just can't wait till I'm a blue belt. But, I, but looking back on it now, a couple of years later, I'm like, if I would have just, if I would have just been given a blue belt, then I would have just been that blue belt. That's, that's an easy round for everybody. Or, you know, I didn't, I didn't deserve it. Yep. And, and you never want to get something that you don't deserve. Like if you were uh, all of a sudden, you know, a millionaire now, like you probably, you might not be at that level to, to handle that kind of stuff right now. So majority of Powerball winners are broke. Exactly. Yeah. So it's, it's like, you gotta, you gotta become that person. Exactly what you said. So I just wanted to, I saw, saw a way to throw jujitsu in there. So I, I there did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is this like, uh, do we win an award for the longest uh, time in a podcast? Zach hasn't talked about jujitsu. Yeah. <laughs> that might be. That's probably the longest one yet. Yeah. So, but no, I, I want to go back. You were talking about being the person and, and I think, I think it's Atomic Habits, James Clear mentioned mm-hmm. it, where it's like, visualize yourself in that persona or like, like, what is like, if you're going to be successful, envision, like create a persona, like uh, what a successful person is to you and put that costume on and be that person. And, uh, you know, it just touches on like what you were saying. I just think it's the mentality you might and the mindset you have to visual visualize yourself as that person to be that person yep. and it, you keep doing it over and over again, eventually you'll be that person. Yep. And it's manifesting. Like, it. And it's like you said, it's not just visualizing having it. Right. It's like, well, what would the day to day of a right. person that has that stuff and does that stuff look like? Right. Yeah. Start doing those things. Yep. Exactly. You've got be to embody the character yeah. and the habits and everything, and all that. Yeah. Cause it's not just, it's not just the mindset. It's being able to, to do the things that need to be done to be successful. Yeah. So I think being an athlete, all of us being athletes have that you, you do jujitsu. That's an athletic. That's I am like the most inconsistent hey, right. person ever. That's all right. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just having that athlete mindset, you know, it's always, like you said, growing or dying. Right. Yeah. Um, but. Well, I, uh, that's, that's in an hour. I feel like we could keep talking for, I know we could continue know, for forever, to keep going. Shoot, we didn't even, didn't even get to hear about sand volleyball. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> next time, next yeah. time. Well, I yeah, feel like so. this won't be the last time Matt's on. So no, definitely not. So, um, well, I guess that's, is there anything you want to plug or anything yeah. before we get off the air? No, this is awesome. I appreciate you guys giving me the opportunity to come on, yeah. tell my story. It's good to chop it up with you guys. It's absolutely, it's awesome. You. Like I said, this is the power of networking for me. I get opportunities to, you know, talk with you guys and, um, and potentially do business, but also just like make friends. Like right. sure. real estate is the world that, um, it's the intersection between two things I'm passionate about. It's the self-development side and the relationship building. Mm-hmm. And it's because of that relationship building that we get to do shit like this. And we're still relatively young in our career. So I'm sure excited to be back on in the future. Yeah, awesome. Absolutely. All right, guys. Well, like, comment, subscribe if you enjoyed the episode.